Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. Thanks for joining us for this episode, the very first episode, actually, of Hope for Hard Times. This is episode one, Getting to Know First and Second Peter. Well, I'm so glad you're with us, and I hope that you will continue with us all the way through this series in the books or letters of First and Second Peter. So let's get right to it. Go to my notes here and let's begin to open up the overview, getting to know First and Second Peter. This episode is for Sunday, July 9, 2023. You know, a good rule for understanding the Bible is a little rule called five W's and an H. (laughs) Well, I'm going to show you what I mean here in just a minute. And if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, who is God, to teach you and exalt Jesus Christ as you begin this study of the letters of First and Second Peter. Now, I've got a little bit of a challenge for you. You may want to write this down and prove me right. You can listen to First and Second Peter in about 26 minutes. And the first 16 minutes would be in First Peter, and the last 10 minutes would be in 2 Peter. You can read 1 and 2 Peter in about 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how quickly you uh, read. So I want to invite you to do something. Now, I've already been doing this for a couple of weeks, but I want you to listen or read in the books of 1 and 2 Peter every day. Now, it may help you initially to listen to First and Second Peter all the way through many times. And then after that, you can begin to listen daily just to the chapter for that week. And that will help you a lot. All right, five W's and an H. Who is Peter? Well, Peter was the fishing business partner. So he was a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee in Israel during the uh, days that the Lord Jesus Christ walked the earth in his earthly ministry. But Peter had a fishing business with James and John and Zebedee, their father, in Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee. That's also called the Lake Gennesaret. And this would have been around 30 AD in Israel when he first met the Lord Jesus Christ, something like that, 29 or 30 AD. And it was when Rome was an occupation army in Israel. And no Jewish person really liked that. Peter was also a disciple. 
Peter is listed first in every list of the disciples in the Gospels. But he also denied Jesus Christ. And even people who are not personally believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, even many people know that awful story of Peter denying the Lord Jesus Christ on the night of the Lord's arrest and trials and all that happened there. And Peter, according to his own words, witnessed the sufferings of Christ. He also witnessed the resurrected Christ. So the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to Peter personally after his resurrection. And then, of course, uh, several times, apparently, but one of those times was at the breakfast on the shore of the Sea of Galilee after the resurrection. Peter was restored by Christ and he was appointed an apostle. That's like an ambassador, a handpicked messenger of Christ. And he was the leader of the early church, at least beginning in uh, Acts 1 and 2, because you'll see how he has a lead in that church in Jerusalem. He preached Christ, crucified, dead, and resurrected, and he is the author of First and Second Peter, where he wrote from Babylon, and I believe that's the actual city of Babylon, And he also wrote the Gospel of Mark. Now, he may not have physically written it. Many people believe that he, uh, that, that Mark wrote that, but it was Peter's story that Peter told. And that may or not may, may or may not be how that actually happened, but that certainly seems possible. So when we think of the Gospel of Mark, you could think of it also as the Gospel of Peter, like the Gospel of John, the Gospel of Matthew, and so on. Also, Peter was martyred for Christ, and he was, at his own request, crucified upside down around A.D. 64, Now, his given name was Simon, but he was given a new name by the Lord Jesus Christ, Petros, Peter, the rock, like the the chip, the small chip of a rock off the big rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a little bit about who is Peter. Now, who are the readers that Peter is writing to? Well, it appears that they were both Jewish and non-Jewish believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, living in what's called the diaspora or diaspora in northwestern and central Turkey, who needed help and hope in remaining true to Jesus Christ and his word in hard times that they were going through and that would get worse and worse. 
Now, when did he write it? Well, I've mentioned it was, um, we believe that Peter lived no longer than A.D. 64, somewhere around that time frame. He may have lived possibly a little longer, but we know the emperor that had him executed, Nero, that he died in A.D. 68. So we think it's somewhere between A.D. 64 and 68, but probably closer to A.D. 64. And he wrote First and Second Peter about 30 years after the resurrection and ascension of Christ in Jerusalem. Now, this is what I want you to really, if you zoned out here on me, I want you to really wake up, especially right here. Culturally, socially, and politically, this was when Rome was in complete control of the Near East, including Israel. And when the culture had flipped from tolerating Christians to persecuting Christians, from just isolated religious persecution, primarily from uh, Jewish people who did not believe in the Messiah against people who did believe in Messiah Jesus. So it moved from isolated religious persecution to intentional Roman persecution. Now, this is going to be the government officially as a policy persecuting Christians. It was flipping from isolated opposition to official attack, a lot like America and the world today. Now, in America, as far as I know, there are no Christians being uh, martyred for their faith in Christ. But there are people around the world right now, as I share this, who no doubt, because they're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and will not renounce their faith, are being slaughtered as martyrs for Jesus. And I believe that that day is coming to America. Well, Pastor Ed, don't you believe in the rapture of the church? Absolutely. And even more than that, I believe from the Bible that we can see that the rapture of the church is prior to the tribulation. But what I want you to realize is that is no guarantee that there will not be outbreaks of literal, actual persecution against believers in the Lord Jesus Christ in America prior to the rapture of the church and prior to the tribulation. Now, I would love to be wrong about that, but I can see and hear what's happening. And if you are awake today, you are seeing it as well. We do not live in the country that we grew up in. Now, again, where were the original readers, the original audience of First and Second Peter? Where were they living? Well, it was in the Roman area called Asia Minor. Now, this doesn't have anything to do with Laos and China and all of that. Asia Minor 
was what we would call today modern-day Turkey, the country of Turkey. So in that same area, the Romans, they ruled it too, and they called it Asia Minor. And the people that Peter wrote to, no doubt many were Jewish who had become believers in Messiah Jesus, but they were reaching everybody, including non-Jews, Gentiles. So all of these people that were the original recipients of the first and second letters of Peter were living in that area. Now, why did Peter write that? Well, the easy answer is because the Holy Spirit inspired him to write it. Amen? He, he literally wrote this through the ministry of Peter. Now, why though, you know, what were the reasons? Why did Peter write it? Well, he wrote to give these people that we just spoke of, to give them hope for hard times. And I think that we're going to need that too in America and many Christians around the world right now need hope for hard times. Simon Peter, you need to understand this about him. You remember I mentioned that he was in a fishing business? He was a partner. And I don't mean that he like sat back at the home office while everybody else did the hard work. Peter got out on the Sea of Galilee. He threw the nets into the water. He hauled them in. He helped count the fish. He mended the nets. He was sunburnt. He was windburned because he was out in the elements on the water. Simon Peter was a rough and tumble, no-nonsense, blue-collar working man who personally knew Jesus Christ before and after the resurrection. Peter had no time for the self-righteous religious types up in Jerusalem. Peter was a realist. He demanded truth. And he was totally committed after Christ restored him. And he never looked back and he embraced his cross for Christ. Now, what was the purpose? Well, again, it was to prepare these Jewish believers and non-Jewish believers in Asia Minor to prepare them to be steadfast in suffering for Christ and to be strong against false teachers. Now, how did his message help? Well, the church of this period and the periods of persecution that followed are legendary for the martyrs they produced. That's how we know this letter had its impact. That, that uh, First Peter and Second Peter, when they were written and sent out, the arrow found its target, dead, solid, perfect because God used those letters to help believers have steel in their spines given to them by God. None of us can go through persecution on our own, but with the grace 
of our Lord Jesus Christ and His comforting care. He walks with us through that as we share in the sufferings of Christ. And I want you to realize that even though you hope you won't need this and you're, you're thinking you might not, you might, and you need to incorporate the message of First and Second Peter into your heart and mind. Now, let's actually go to the letters of First and Second Peter. And we're not going to do a lot of exposition or exegesis today, but I want to show you why I said everything I just said. In 1 Peter chapter 1, the very first verse, we read there Peter, that's Petros in Greek. A, a, it's, it's fair to say that he's, his name means a chip of rock off the larger rock, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter, Petros, an apostle, that word is apostolos. That is a messenger that's sent out. Think of an ambassador sent out with a message from a king. That's who we are in Christ. But Peter was specifically one of the 12 apostles. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to think about this because when we see him during the, the Passion Week of our Lord, Peter is not looking real good. He is denying Christ before, finally before a little girl. I mean, there was nothing inspirational about that. And of course, it just destroyed Peter. But the Lord restored him so that near the end of his life on earth, Peter could write, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul spent a good bit of his ministry defending against people who criticized him and, and doubted his apostleship. And Paul goes to great lengths in many letters that he writes to defend that and prove that. Peter was never challenged about that. Everybody knew who Peter was. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To the strangers, and this is a word that means a very fair word here in one of the Greek-English translations I looked at, is refugees. These were people who were living in a country strange to them that they were not citizens of, they were aliens in. And I want you to think about this, though. The people he was writing to were probably born and raised in Asia Minor, in the, in the provinces we're going to read here in just a minute. And yet, once they became believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, they began to feel like strangers in their own native country. Do you know why? Because now they were citizens of heaven. Earth was no longer their home, and they longed to be in their true homeland. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm pretty sure you're starting to feel the same way. 
personally, I'm done with the earth. I will stay here as as an ambassador for Christ, as a witness for Christ, as long as I need to, even with his grace to my death. But if he called me home tonight, or he gave me a choice tomorrow, and, and to go and be with him would be pleasing to him, and I had a choice, I'm out of here, baby. I am done with this world. And you know what? Increasingly, the world is done with real Christians. Think about that. So Peter, in his first epistle, chapter one, verse one, says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, there were only 12 of them, and Judas wasn't one. (laughs) Paul took his place. But Peter is one of those 12. There's never been anybody else since then who were apostles like those 12 were. And Peter is one of them. In fact, he is continuously seen as the leader of the apostles. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers. These were people, again, who lived in a foreign country. They weren't really citizens of that country, and they were homesick for their true country. And yet these people were born there, as I said. So something has happened that has changed their citizenship. What happened? They came to personal faith in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. They were born again into a new life where the Lord Jesus Christ came to live in them. And now they weren't content to stay in Asia Minor anymore. When they left this earth, they wanted to be with the Lord in heaven. Say amen right here. Now notice here, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. These were, what is that, five provinces in northern and central Turkey that the Romans completely controlled. And yet this word scattered, it is the idea, uh, you could think of seeds that a farmer slings out. And so even though these precious new believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, the church in this area, even though they were homesick for heaven, they were also like seeds that Christ had scattered throughout a pagan Roman empire. To be, to be the seeds that brought other people to faith in Christ. And the word is often used of the Jewish people who were carried captive. Many of them, I don't know if you realize this or not, but when the Jewish people returned after the Babylonian captivity and uh, other, other times that they were exiled, when they could return, some did, most didn't. And there was an extremely large population of Jewish people throughout the Roman Empire at this time who had not returned to 
Jerusalem and to Israel. And these certainly were some of the people that Peter wrote to, and these people were called the diaspora, those who were scattered. But as I said, I don't think his letters are limited to just Jewish believers in Messiah Jesus, but many others who were not Jewish in any way at all were coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as well. And they were scattered in this major Roman province. Now, let's jump to the end of 1 Peter and look at chapter 5, verses 12 to 14. We're going to see here who who was, um, the, the word is amanuensis. I can't even say that. There's somebody who wrote it down. It's Peter's letter, but someone wrote it down for him. Who was that? That was this person we're going to see in verse 12. By Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. So Peter... Through, through this writer, Silvanus, Peter wants the recipients of this letter to get it in their hearts and in their minds that they stand in the true grace of God. And they should never doubt that, no matter what happens to them, no matter what comes against them, they've got to be rooted in the fact that they stand in the true grace of God. And then verse 13, the church that is at Babylon elected together with you, saluteth you. That's the idea of they, they greet you. And so doth Marcus, my son. Now, I think a good rule of Bible interpretation is when the plain sense makes sense, Seek no other sense. If Peter had been at Rome, he could have said Rome, just like Paul when he was writing to the people at Rome. He didn't code that up. He just said Rome, right? The church that is at Babylon, I believe Peter was where? Where do you think he was? I'm going with what this says. He was at Babylon. It was still a city at that time. And there's no reason to convolute it into being some kind of code for Rome and all of that. I mean, if God can say what he wants to say, right, straight out, I think Peter was at Babylon. Now, there was a church at Babylon. Isn't that great? <laughs> the church has spread massively over the Roman Empire, and this was part of the problem. Because every Roman Caesar wanted to be regarded as not only a king, but as God. And here come these Christians who have another God, this Jesus, and he is their king. Well, that can't stand. I mean, government tolerates no rivals. And that was certainly true of Rome. 
And yet we see here that there was a church even at Babylon. And Peter says about them that they're elected together with you. So the, the members, the true believers of the church in Asia Minor and the church at Babylon were, were appointed. They were chosen by God. Both of them were. And uh, the church at Babylon greeted those who were in, uh, in Asia Minor through this epistle. Now, verse 14 says, Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. That's Christian love. And so there's to be a a bond among Christians in a church and between churches. Sadly, that's often not the case, but the devil works really hard to sow hatred and division in churches. I mean, go figure, right? Why wouldn't he? That makes complete sense. It's not right, but it makes sense. He doesn't like for Christians to love one another. And yet we're told, greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And then in 2 Peter 1.1, we see here regarding the second epistle, the second letter, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we see here that Peter Peter never let the idea of apostleship go to his head in a, you know, in a bad way. Peter calls himself here a servant. I mean, he was a servant of the Lord, even though he was one of the 12 apostles. And he continues in 2 Peter 3, 1, the second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. So we see in the second letter that he wants them to remember and not forget some things they already know. And we are going to see those when we get there. In 2 Peter 3, verses 17 to 18, we read there, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. If they were going to go through hard times, they could not afford to be in doubt or to waver. So he, he wants to remind them of what they already know, but they, they need to remember it and not forget it. And then in verse 18, it says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the thing that they were to do, and we need to do it too, as we face hard times, is we need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you growing in your knowledge of the Word of God, the power of God, and in knowing the Lord Jesus Christ in new and deeper ways? You need to be doing that. And he says here at the end, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. 
Now, before we conclude today, and I thank you for listening this far. You've done great. Before we conclude, I want to remind you that even though we've seen that the early church went through religious persecution and then through governmental persecution, what we need to remember is that in both of those, who ultimately is responsible for that persecution? Satan. So I want you to realize today, this is going to be be an insight for some of you. Even if you're not going through religious persecution right now or governmental persecution, great. I mean, maybe you won't ever have to. I think we will, but we'll see. But one thing I want you to know is Satan and his evil kingdom is behind all of that. So even if you never go through direct religious persecution or official government persecution, you will certainly have opposition and persecution from Satan. And one thing that's an insight, if we think about it this way, is we do not live in a chance or random universe. Is it theoretically possible that something could happen randomly or by chance? I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But let's just say that it was. What I do want you to know is that if you are a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're in his word every day, you're listening to his guidance for you every day, you're seeking him in prayer, you're sharing the word of God, you're witnessing for the Lord, you're, you know, you to the best of your ability with God's power in you, you're living for Jesus. I, I'm pretty sure I can say this without doubt. When you go through things that make life hard, we typically think, well, life's just hard. And it is. All, all on its own without Satan, life's hard. But I want you to think about something. Things that we often think are like, well, what a coincidence. What a random thing. I think more often than, than we realize, we go through some things because Satan wants to thwart us. He wants to stop us to hurt us if he can. And even though there may not be outright religious persecution in your life or official government persecution, you have Satan who's trying to make things very difficult for you. And you need to be steadfast. Well, that's all I've got today, but I do want to give you a phone number before we leave this episode. I would like you to write it down. It is 888-388-2683. One more time, 888-388-2683. If you have questions about living the Christian life or how to become a Christian, call that number and a Christian counselor at a ministry will help you with your questions or your desire to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You could even go to www.bellevue.org forward slash Jesus. Let me spell that for you. 
B-E-L-L-E-V-U-E dot O-R-G forward slash J-E-S-U-S, Bellevue.org forward slash Jesus. And you will find many, uh, a lot of helpful information at that site. Now, if the Lord doesn't come first, and Satan, the deep state, or the World Economic Forum, don't double double tap me. <laughs> I'll be back next week with a second episode of First and Second Peter, Hope for Hard Times. And I thank you again for listening. I want to invite you to like this episode, to follow the podcast, and to share this episode right now with someone that you would like to hear it. Thank you for listening, and I look forward, if the Lord permits, to continuing this next week, and I want you to do your homework. I want you to start listening to and or reading the letters of First and Second Peter. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.